Welcome to episode three of the ISO podcast. I'm your host Chuck Duru, and on today's episode we had Minnesota Leaks and GB International Temi Fagbenle. Um, on today's episode we covered a lot of topics from her career to date, including moving stateside and playing at Harvard, um, getting drafted into the WNBA and winning a championship in her rookie season, playing in the 2012 Olympics and um, GB's historic outing at the 2019 Eurobasket. We also delved into her recent ad campaign with Sports Direct and discussed um, opportunities for basketball players in the UK to you know, secure the bag through effective personal branding. But yeah, Temi and I have known each other for a while, so it was really good to catch up with her. She's really an inspiration, you know, not just for female basketball players, but for, for basketball players period from the UK, um, given that she's probably one of the most decorated basketball players we've ever produced. Um, and despite being the only 27, you know, she's had a really, really good career, you know, playing in the Olympics when she was 19, um, it probably was probably the youngest player there. Um, but yeah, it was a really good conversation. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Share, please. You know, I love and all the sharing going on. Um, shout out to you lot. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Temi, how are you? Hey, hey, hey. I am doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> Good, good, good. How are you keeping uh, in the lockdown and stuff? Keeping well. I'm in Spain right now, Salamanca, Spain, and I actually wish it was warmer than it is over here. I think we're in higher altitude here, so it's a bit colder. So I'm not enjoying that part of it, but uh, I'm still with uh, my team. I was in playing for a team in Spain, and so I'm still in a team, the team apartment. So I'm chilling. Good, good, good. What part of Spain are you in? Um, it's uh, called Salamanca. Uh, Salamanca. It's in West, I believe, West Spain, which is near Portugal. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but, yeah. I mean, you're not missing out much. I mean, in, it's just literally started raining today uh, and it's suspected to rain all week in, uh, in London, so... But it was really good weather, no? The yeah. I was seeing, you know, different people's pictures and all, all the sun shining in there and everything. While here, it's just been downpouring, like yeah, torrential no. downpours. Yeah, no, we got blessed with some, some. Well, I mean, you could say blessed, but I personally am happy it's raining because I think people are starting mm. to abuse the whole, you know, lockdown, social distancing thing. But right, and going outside. Yeah, exactly, man. Just you know. <laughs> No, no, they they were really serious over here, like in Spain. If you if you went outside, the police will actually stop you, and mm. ask where you live and make you turn around and ask where you're going. And you can only go out for groceries and for pharmacy. And if you're not going out for that, get back home. What are you doing? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm just like I don't speak Spanish. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, they they're trying to do that here, but you know, Brits, man, Brits. The police are soft. Brits don't like to right, do what they're told. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming on today. Um, first and foremost, um, I think the first time we met was, I don't know if you remember, the Barnet Bulldogs used to do those runs on Friday nights. Yes. Um, in Burnt Oak. Damn. Log, log, time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I swear, like those Barnet Bulldogs, they're so far away. Like I remember like our Hendon Park times. Yeah. Um, but oof, Barnet Bulldog taking it back. Yeah, man. Shout shout out Ted and Paloma. Yeah, still shout going out to strong. Apple. Yeah, and Neville. Yeah, can't forget Neville. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Um, how did you get into basketball? Um, how did I get into basketball? Well, 
uh, I started off playing tennis, which was my first love, and uh, I really wanted to be the next, you know, Venus Williams. Me and my sister were supposed to be the next Venus and Serena Williams, but um, just didn't work out. I started off a bit late. We both did, and my dad decided that uh, one one day after tennis practice, he was just like, Tam, you know, it's kind of getting, it's like getting very expensive, especially with being a father of 12 kids it's you know the bills kind of rack up after mm. some time and he was like let's be serious about this like are you gonna be professional blah 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 and you know i thought about it. i was like probably not at this at this age i started at four like 13 12 um and when you want to be a professional uh, tennis player you kind of have to start from the womb you know yeah um, and so even though i was decent i just wasn't good enough in my eyes uh and so he was just like yeah let's move on to basketball why not mm. i said fine i didn't want to do it but i i just followed in my brother daps's footsteps he went to uh college in the states yep. uh, so i was just like okay why not and since i have a american passport i knew that it was going to be you know an option a viable option for me to just to, to go to the states too and even an easier option in terms of visa, not getting a visa and all of that yeah yeah cool so you ended up um then playing at Haringey angels is that right yeah yeah Haringey angels yeah. uh we looked yeah my dad looked for some teams obviously he saw barnet uh and then he saw Haringey, and he just he he saw that Haringey was even though they're not in our in our what is it council is it called yeah council yeah. Mm -hmm. um that they're a good basketball team and so we would well i would travel for myself to Haringey practices from you know school after school in Coptal uh, and head have head over there and practice you know at first you know my dad would take me and I was terrible but you know I I learned it I picked it up pretty quickly actually and the year after a uh, year or so after I I was about to turn sixteen I got I went to uh, a high school in New Jersey in the states. So I started basketball at 14 and then left home just get going and just going into 16. So this would have been after your GCSEs, right? Yeah, yeah. after my GCSEs. Straight yeah. out, straight out to the States. Yeah, straight out, man, straight out. It was it was crazy. I, I really wanted to go, I really wanted to leave home. I've yeah. always been independent. Um, something about London, like back then, I just always felt so stifled um, mm. that, at that age, like a young age at 15, even before that, just coming back home after uh, school and just thinking, oh, like, I just felt stumped. Like, what am I doing? What is there to do here? Like, <laughs> I don't know why I felt that way, but I did. And so I'm just happy I was able to branch out and leave, yeah. leave home. Yeah, no, I think, I feel like that's a, a common feeling amongst a lot of young players. You know, you get to that point where it's like, England can only do so much for your career, you know? You kind of want to go somewhere else and... Uh, and just, Absolutely. do you know what I mean? That's sad. I mean, I wish it was different. You know, I wish, I'm hoping for an England in the future that can, you know, provide, you know, a little bit more than we're providing right now in terms of basketball, you know, and hopefully yeah. more, more of the youth will decide to stay in England rather than be rearing to leave and go to the States. And the yeah. States will be the bastion of, you know, great basketball, I think. Um, but, you know, other other countries should be able to rival it, and some European countries do. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, it's getting better, at, um, at least for 
on the youth side because you know they've got now got the EABL, the WEABL. Um, so a lot of players you've I've seen, I've noticed, um, are staying in England till at least they're like eighteen, nineteen, and then making yeah. a move directly straight to college, yeah. or you know going to JUCO or maybe doing a year of prep school. But I think the next the next step in terms of having that pathway is now just getting the league to a point where. You know, guys are able if they want to go the educational route to get a scholarship in in, in the UK and playing the BBL or the WBBL, um, and just have that pathway where, you know, there's obviously going to be players still going wanting to go to America and you know because I don't think we're, we're ever going to be able to compete with what they can offer at the in the collegiate ranks. Um, but I definitely think it's heading in the right direction. For sure, I hope so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just need, I feel like also we just need to see more like opportunities for people and like to play basketball in yeah. England. Like mm. yeah, we've got a few outside courts, but let's see like the, you know like every around every corner in America is like a basketball court, like yeah. <laughs> indoors and outdoors. So like if yeah. we had more of an opportunity to to just step out and like oh well, let's go here and play, like that would just be I think I think such so huge for the game. Yeah, no, I I agree, man. I agree. I think. Yeah. There's no such thing as playing too much basketball, especially when you're young. And like, I remember when I when I was at prep school, um, we literally had, we'd go to the local rec like, randomly during the day, and there would just be you know ten hoopers there to say like, yo, do you want to play pickup? And then right. the run, some of the runs that are like quote unquote impromptu runs that we uh, I played in when I was there was just like, right, this is like, this is better than anything in the summer in England. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, so you went to prep school in the States? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went um, oh, after I finished uh, college. So when I was 18, I went there for, I went to a prep school in Charlotte. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really good. Good experience. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of hoopers. Yeah. Were you there as a postgrad? Yeah, 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 as a postgrad. Yeah, Fiji, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... So yeah, enough about me. Back to you. Um, so you end up going to play at Harvard after you finished um, schooling at uh, Blair Academy. Yeah. What was the um, well? First of all, what was the recruitment process like? Because I feel like every British player has an interesting story about their recruitment process. Uh, for college, yeah. For college, first. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, shoot. I mean, I I was I was a actually highly recruited player. Mm. Thankfully, um, I was blessed to be to have improved so quickly, and I made the All American McDonald's All American team, and um, I was New Jersey Gatorade Player of the Year, and so I had a lot of eyes on me. Um, I remember even counting around sixty plus schools interested uh in me at one point and they and at this time they send they send so many letters yeah there was nothing paperless back then it was just <laughs> a bunch of letters and i just had bin bags full of them and it was crazy just like wow all of these schools are interested really yeah um and then i you know while sifting through them i saw i saw one from harvard and whew, i was just like okay well you know um, academics is such a important part of our, our family and you know, being able to to get a, a great academic, uh, a great edu- education is a huge is a huge deal. And so the fact that Harvard came knocking, it was just like, I don't know if I can turn this one down. Yeah. Um, so I gave, you know, it's such a big name in the world, isn't it? And so, yeah. um, 
for me, it really wasn't about the education. It was more about the the name, the quote unquote clout. Um, and yeah, no, seriously, and the networking. Like, unless you're being going there to be a doctor or a, yeah, a, a, you know, something really like hardcore, like a lawyer or whatever, your education ain't doing jacks you know <laughs> yeah. in my opinion for you other than the fact that you went to harvard and so you so you got specific set skills and that's already fantastic for your for your resume you know mm-hmm. so that was the reason biggest reason I, I went there um and it was just a blast you know um yeah i mean i harvard i always knew in the back of my head i was, I was just gonna pick harvard but i decided to uh you know, juggle other schools as well, just in case, you know, they were able to sway me. Um, I think Duke was up there, BC, Boston College, um, Columbia in New York, and uh, I forget which other school, but it was a decent, decent list, but Harvard just kind of stole my heart. Yeah, those are all like really, really good academic institutions. Um, So like, you know, it's no surprise. I mean, your pe- your parents must have been over the moon when you picked Harvard, you know, like, especially coming from like a Nigerian, you know, household. I know, obviously, being Nigerian myself, I know when you, you go to the, know. yeah, you know, when you go as to the... They heard that. As soon as they heard that, that Harvard came knocking, they already had decided in their heads. That, <laughs> that was, so there was no, like, question about it, where I was yeah. going to them. It was just like, okay, well, go and visit your other schools and see see what happens. But, you know, <laughs> you're going to Harvard. <laughs> yeah. And my other siblings were saying the same thing, too. And I was just like, I wanted to be, you know, headstrong and, you know, independent. And I was like, no, I will choose. Let's see what schools, I, you know, let's see the others. And I just knew, I knew I was going to Harvard. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. So what was it? What was it like then in terms of, because I, I don't actually know anybody who's been to Harvard. I've never met anybody I don't think that's ever went to Harvard but I've always wondered like what it's like in terms of like the academic side um well, like it, is it, it yeah it is as crazy as it as it sounds I mean it was it was hard like <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie like that that first year I was kind of just thrown in the deep end and um I didn't do very well the first year mm. I don't remember my grades but you know I, I definitely I got by but it just was not the one you know I was not happy at all um but year after year I just you know I was able to understand the system because it really just is a system yeah and knowing how to play it and knowing how to just do it well but there are some geniuses there for sure you know I made friends with a couple you know I had one friend who one day I was going into the lunchroom and just for some, some some food, I saw him sitting down. I saw a book he was reading, this thick book. So I came <laughs> in the novel. I saw on the cover like quantum physics, something, something. I said, oh, oh, so you read, you got, you know, you're doing some classwork, some homework. Oh no, no, just for, oh, just for leasure. This is just uh, for pleasure. <laughs> I said, okay. He's like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I said, all right, you're just reading that for shits and gigs. (laughs) Just for banter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, it's it's such a blessing to be around those kind of minds, man, especially Mm. especially if you're not one yourself. And I know for sure I'm not, like, a freaking genius. I'm smart, but come on, it's not not that serious. Mm. Um, So just being able to be in the space 
um, as those people and see how they work, how they think, how they, you know, react. And, you know, it's just, it's just amazing. And it's a true blessing. And I hope I imbibe some of, you know, the knowledge here and there. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I bet it would have been, man, because, you yeah. know, like you said, man, some of the smartest people in on this planet, you know, come from, come out of Harvard. So yeah, I got. I say although also some of the dumbest people as well because really, I, yeah, <laughs> some people I real I'm like, how did you get in? Like seriously, <laughs> and you know, unfortunately, those people, you know, either were trust fund babies or oh, right, um, you know, some some athletes I would say, you know, was was suspect, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Harvard has a high graduation rate, so not many people didn't graduate. But yeah, uh, I, I was I was questioned a few of the of my classmates. <laughs> <laughs> so from like a from a plain standpoint, I understand you did three years at Harvard and then you did a year at USC. Yep. Um. Yep. So firstly, how did that move come about? Well, I don't know if you know, but the NCAA decided to. Re, like take away revoke my first year of eligibility so my first year of harvard i didn't even play i was just uh sitting on the bench the most i could do was practice i couldn't travel with the team um didn't play any games so i was just like <laughs> i was I was very shocked to say the least um mm. but it was kind of a blessing in disguise of, as i've said before just in terms of being able to focus on academics a bit more um than than basketball even instead of having to juggle both so so heavily um but i could i could focus a bit more on my academics even though i still didn't do well uh it was just less of a mental uh burden for me i think right um, but i think it was you know moving on as I, as I think on the years my second third and, and last year it was actually better to have to be able to juggle two instead of having so much free time and with I don't do well with too much free time so all right <laughs> it was nice to it was nice to like just really focus on you know having to do basketball now and or having to do school now and then, yeah um but yeah so uh so I had a year of eligibility left after I graduated because the NCAA realized the error of their ways finally and they were like okay here you can have your you can have your year back. So I was like, well, for some reason, I wasn't allowed to continue at Harvard. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to use this year to get a, a free master's somewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, and I want to go somewhere warm. So, <laughs> yeah, I was so done with the Boston winters. Oh, I bet um, they were horrible. Oh, my gosh. And we had, like, one of the, the... We broke the record one time for the highest snowfall or something like that. It was just freezing. Jesus. And it was not the one. Um, as an African, I, I feel like you can relate a bit. You know, yep. I don't know. I, I need some sun in my life. Yeah. That's exactly what I got at USC, and I was happy every single day. Like, I that was such a blessing for me. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of like, so if you compare like the standard uh, in like the Pac-12 to like the Ivy League, uh, would you say it was like a massive jump? Yeah, actually, uh, unfortunately, actually, I didn't think it would be, but it was. Uh, just was. <laughs> There's not much I can say about that. I mean, mm. it was definitely more physical, I would say. Uh, girl, girls were bigger, just stronger. 
Mm. Um, what's it called? Yeah, fast. I would say even a bit faster. Um, and just more talented, really. Just more talented. And so it was. I was very happy for that uh, transition because it, it upped my game as well, for sure. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so you graduate from USC and you end up going pro. Yeah. Talk to me about that and the uh, WNBA draft. Okay, well, at USC, my, um, what's it called? My degree was a two-year degree, but I was able to speed it up and do it in, do it in one and a half years. Right. Um, because for some reason they were just like, no, we're not going to pay for the, the, the last year. After, I don't know why they, they went back on what they said, but um, they were like, okay, we're not paying for the, the last year. You're going to have to speed it up. So I ended up doing a year and then I did summer school to try, you know, to finish it up, um, to finish the, the, my credits. And so I ended up graduating in December of 2016, but the draft, WNBA draft was in, what April or something? Yeah, April two thousand and sixteen. Yeah. WNBA season was and started in May two thousand and sixteen. So what happened? Did I go to WNBA? No, I didn't. I skipped that year. I skipped that season because I wanted to finish my masters. Um, and apparently, you know, I was told hearsay. Uh, came you know came about and told me that um, I was going to be drafted in the first or late first round or early second round in the, yep. in the, in the draft. Mm-hmm. But since I decided to stay and do my masters, I, you know, I probably, I might not be drafted or if I was going to be drafted, I was going to be drafted real late. I was not expecting to be drafted um, because of that, but I ended up being drafted second to last um, by the Minnesota Lynx. And so this drafting, you know, enabled them to keep my rights for three years so um they could they had the rights to me you know when i was finished with my with my uh, education yeah yeah so i mean that first year I, I i played um in the league you know they didn't need me um and that's i feel like that's the reason why they drafted me so late and they didn't really need anyone they had a solid team and we won the championship that year yeah you know I, i've been i was helping from the bench of course you know you can't uh, you can't undervalue the the role of the bench players. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Very important to any championship team. <laughs> For real, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. I've, I've I've been the go-to player and I've been right in the bench and I've I realized those any role on the team is is actually very important and i feel mm-hmm. like everybody i've said this before everybody needs to go through that humbling experience because you know I was ready to go I was ready to play I was ready to help the team any way I can and. I just didn't play, you know, and it wasn't really a something that was vocalized to me. So clearly, like, okay, you're not gonna play this year. Just focus on riding the bench, and I would have okay if I was told that, that would have been cool. But I had this feeling like, okay, cool, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some. I don't know. I'm gonna help the team somehow. And yeah, I was able to help the team somehow, but it was gonna be riding the bench. So I had to figure out how. I was going to do that to the best of my abilities. And, you know, I was the best cheerleader you you, you would have ever seen. So, hey, yeah. I did my Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think I think what you said is really important. Um, I was talking about this the other day to a friend. Um, I feel like a lot of players, when it comes to basketball, they 
they end up quitting. A lot of players end up quitting because they go to a situation or they come from a situation where, you know, they're the guy, you know, they're the star and then they get put in a position like you were where you, you know, you've gone from being the centrepiece to being a role player. Um, right. And then that, I guess that mental adjustment to, you know, being the coach's favourite, you know, just being, to being a role player. Mm. Um, a lot of players aren't mentally strong enough to deal with that. And it leads to some players, you know, some players thrive, some players it ends up, you know, better in their career and they kind of get the experience of both, which yeah. essentially makes them a complete player. Some players fold and, and it gets too much for them. You know, they can't, they feel like they're not the player they once were and then that's it. You know what I mean? They, 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 they don't want to play, they lost, they lose their confidence and then that's it. There was many a time I thought that, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like, am I not a good player anymore? Mm. And I felt like, you know, I was even, my game was, was diminishing. I was, you know, what's the point? <laughs> like, am I, like, what's going on? Like, yeah. I just, what's wrong with me? And I really felt like a bad player, but I was drafted for a reason, you know? Exactly. I got to this. I'm in the WNBA for a reason. There's only one forty-four spots in the league. Why am I here? I made the team, for goodness sakes. Why am I here? Yeah. Uh, so I had to remind myself that, that, you know, I am an amazing player and this is just a temporary role, you know, on this team. Make the most of it. Be the best you can be. Still put in work after the games if you need to. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you need to do to stay in shape and let's keep it pushing. Like, it's not that serious. At the end of the day, I always tell myself it's not that serious. Whether you're the go-getter, the, the go-to player or the role, whatever, the bench player, it's not that serious. It just really is not for me. That, that's kind of like my mantra. Yeah, and it helped me throughout my life. Like nothing is that serious. Yeah, no, I think that's a great mentality to have, and yeah. you know, it's something that will I, I think will carry you like you know well beyond playing. You know, in whatever sure. you do, you know, like. Um, let's touch on your international career then, because you've you've had quite quite an international career. You represented England. Would have been England at the time uh, in sixteens and eighteens. Is that right? Yeah. 16s I think I, I don't know if those are 14s but I feel like I did 16s and then G yeah 18s and then GB under 20s yep yeah yeah so there was yeah and then yeah, in, man. Uh, sorry uh, sorry no I was just gonna say and then in your final in your what would have been your final year of um playing into uh for the junior uh international setup um, it happened to clash with a quite major tournament uh <laughs> Please refresh my memory. The, you know the one, you know the one in London that was in 2012. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Don't remember. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yeah, that little tournament. That, that, that little tournament. That yeah. You know the one in Stratford. You know that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh gosh, yes, the Olympics. Wow. What what a what a time, man! And actually, I was nineteen at the time, and I was at Harvard. And I, as I told you, the NCAA took a year away from me, so mm. I hadn't played an, I hadn't played a, a collegiate game yet. Mm. So I was there. For some reason, I made the team. Actually, I know why because I'm a great player. So let's not good. Put doubt ourselves. Good, good. Don't can't forget. Of course. <laughs> um. Uh. I was, yeah, I made the team and, what's it called? Jeez, my, my memories now are just literally failing me. Um, 
yeah the training camp oh my gosh it was brutal it was brutal um to, in order to make the team i remember because my knees were so bad back then i was feeling pain mm. every i battled knee pain for so long now i thankfully don't but all throughout my career up until 2017 i was battling knee pain yeah um, and just brutal workouts using the hypoxic using some random contraptions and just killing ourselves yeah and finally the day comes you know people getting cut left right and center and then finally we made the team me and my roommate dominique allen were just ecstatic <laughs> jumping on our beds just screaming like we're going to the olympics <laughs> Oh my gosh, such a, such a blessing, man. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, of course I had to mess up GB under 20s for that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just thinking back to the opening ceremony, just how much of a spectacle it was. Obviously, we were the last team coming in as the host team, right? Mm-hmm. And so we saw, we were able to take everything in our glory, coming inside, seeing everybody waiting for us, everybody in the, in the crowd, looking at the stands, just... Oh, it was just amazing. It was just truly once in a lifetime experience. Um, being able to host uh, the games and being there for it. Yeah, and it was. I watched. I think I watched all of the women's and men's games, and um, the women were involved in some some real heartbreakers, man. Like I remember, I think it was the game against France that went France. to overtime. Oh my gosh, man! Yeah, I mean, it was it was quite a tournament, man. Like. I think the women were unfortunate to not pick up any wins, but right. you could see, like, the, I guess the foundation was there. Like, you could see um, yeah. that there was something there and then, and they were a few years from being, you know, a, a, a really good team. You know, fast forward to Eurobasket and, and how things changed or how, essentially, how ripe a lot of people were who thought that there was a lot of potential in that, in the... In the young, the young core of that um, Olympic team. Yeah, I mean, as you said, the young core. We still had uh, not so young anymore, but you know, still going. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that core, we still have it, um, or had it in the Eurobasket. Um, and so we were fortunate enough to have that that knowledge of each other, you know, that familiarity, and it definitely played a big role in in our success. Um, and just loving to be with you know around each other i think that's another thing that's underestimated like mm. although i don't need to be friends with everybody on my team like it's it's just very it makes things so much easier when you're just vibing you know when you're when you're chill with each other when you actually don't mind being each other in each other's presence um <laughs> when it's a when it's a actual joy and um you consider yourself family and so yeah, I mean, you, you start fighting for each other a bit differently, you know, as opposed to just, you know, random teammates. Yeah. Um, so that definitely played a big part in our Eurobasket success. Um, just, yeah, and our coaching staff as well, just the positivity they they just instilled in us also played a big part in it. Like, we all felt that we could win. We all felt that we were the underdogs, but, we, you know, people thought us, thought of us as the underdogs but we really weren't we were supposed to be there yeah um, we went away here we fought we fight everybody hates playing against gb just because we're dogs so like we yeah. just fight and even if we're gonna lose we're still gonna fight and we're gonna make it hard for you so and that's that's what i love about us um 
and yeah man it was just our time at, uh, in Eurobasket right yeah and also me like I was just determined to win like that that's pretty much it when yeah. I focus mind it just becomes a different situation and that's what happened um and it was just it was just amazing just to have that support of my team as well because without my team I'm not doing any of the stuff I couldn't be as successful as I was you know um everybody had my back I had everyone's back and it was just it was a great success you know obviously we broke history yeah um, we made history or whatever it's called and it was just oh it was just uh, it's a great memory I will la- it will keep it will last for me uh with me for the rest of my life <laughs> The yeah. other memory that lasts with me for the rest of my life, unfortunately, is the Olympic qualifiers, but we can get to that. In the <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, just on Eurobasket, you know, again, I, I followed the whole tournament. Um, I watched, I was actually in Amsterdam, I think, when I watched your game against France. Oh, France again. Oh. <laughs> we, yo, don't, we don't like them. Tired, yo, the France and Serbia game, we yeah. were tired. And like, it's not it's not even funny because, you know, we rotate, but we don't rotate that much. And so we, and even if we did, everybody was busting their ass. And mm. so when you play, what is it? I think we played seven games in nine days or some rubbish like that. Mm. Um, or something just, you know, unnecessary. Um, we were just, I, I let me just speak for myself, but I know the, the, the other women were, you know, exhausted. I was dead. You know, we made, yeah. we did our goal. We got where we needed, you know, and got to the semis or whatever we went to. Quarters. Yeah. Um, and I was still gonna fight, but I knew my how my how my mind and body was feeling at that point, and it was just, you know, after we still felt like we could beat France. Yeah. And we, I feel like we could. I remember, yeah, we could have beat them, man. We could have beat them. I don't know what went wrong. I, oh. I don't even. Honestly, remember. like that game, I, my heart has never been racing like. I remember I was in because I was in a I was at dinner with um or lunch with um with a friend of mine and I was watching the game I felt really bad because I was watching the game whilst I was at dinner and it's like <laughs> I think you guys went on a run in the fourth quarter yeah, yeah and then I was just like I was like come on and then like I think the guy to my left was looking at me like oh, what's he doing I'm thinking the game's on the game's the girl's gonna do it but but yeah no it was a, it was a crazy game I think um. France had that guard. I think her name was jo- Johannes. I think her name Johannes, was. Johannes, man. And I think they said she had the best game of the whole tournament against, against she GB. Was playing really badly the whole tournament. Yeah. And we worried about it. And of course she would play well against us. Yeah. You know, the one that's not on the top of the scout. <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, she's an amazing player. Yeah. You know, in general. So it's just like, okay, you never know when she's going to... I don't know, emerge from that shell that she was in. I don't know what, what was going on on the team, but she's an amazing player. So yeah. the fact that she was not on her game the whole tournament and then she decided just to bring it out against us was a, a shame. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it really was, man. But but yeah, it was it was great. I mean, I think I read that, you know, your, your aim and objective of the tournament was to first and foremost secure Olympic qualifier uh, a place in the Olympic qualifying tournament which you were able to do um, yeah. and then for you personally you know um, making the all tournament team I think you led the you led the tournament in scoring is that right? Yeah I think so I think I did so, I think I did um, yeah that was a kind of like a, a nice uh, 
uh, icing on the cake, I would say, um, for that for that time, you know, just kind of validation of all the work I put in mm. that time and also the Olympic qualifiers time. Um, but uh, as I said before, you know, and everybody says this when they win awards, but without my team, um, I couldn't have been there. So it was definitely a, a team effort. Um, and I'm just, I'm so thankful for it. <laughs> I'm so thankful for that time, man. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So we go fast forward to the um, Olympic qualifiers. Um, originally, it was supposed to be held in China, the China, mm. and then it got moved to Serbia. Serbia. Is that right? And um, you obviously you were drawn with South Korea, Spain, and China. China, yes. Um, so yeah, talk to me about that. Do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, jeez. Um, what is what happened again? Blacked out. Um. So your yeah, first, I mean, your first. Sorry. <laughs> I said yeah. I mean, we lost, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were unfortunate. I think the first game was against China, I believe. Yeah. And um, I mean, well, we put up a fight. Let's let's not just diminish our effort. I guess uh, we put up fights in all games. Uh, the China game was tough. They were not expecting us to be to be so close. Mm. Um, to be honest, I truly let me see, even see what I can remember because I don't know if I can remember much about that. We were close. That's all I know. Yeah. We, could, we had a fight in chance in both the Korea and China game. Yeah. And we just couldn't secure the bag. We just couldn't secure the damn bag. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think I, I watched that game. That was, China had the, they had the center who was like really, really, really tall. Dude. I think that was the, yeah, she was like 6'7 or 6'8. She, like, she was like 6'9. Six, 6'9 nine. Six, nine even, yeah. Blocking everything. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, she was with jumpers like that was her thing. I mean, yeah. we, we didn't scout that. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> I mean, she played a lot across to them, you know. They fought. I mean, they have a lot of pressure on them, you know, being China and all. Yeah. And uh, Yao Ming, Yao Ming was even there. He flew down to to be to be around them, and it was just like, okay, this must be serious. Mm. Um, and. <sighs> They fought like their lives depended on it. Maybe, maybe their lives did, and <laughs> and, and they won. But I yeah. just remember that the just playing against those huge girls was just brutal. Like mm. I don't know, I've lost some weight, so I just I'm feeling real skinny right now. But um, I was just fighting. I just remember just fighting down there in the post, and especially that other big one. That there's another big one there. Um, that I was just I had to like. I don't know, maneuver around them. I don't even know how I scored, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we we fought, man. Props to my girls, but wasn't enough. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So, how, what's your view in terms of like the future of of GB women's basketball? Yeah, I mean, just to talk to touch about touch upon you know the men as well. Like, we're definitely. We, we need to be a team like we are you know GB at, at, at the end of the day and like mm. 
even if one team is doing better, quote unquote, than the other team, we're still, you know, fighting for the same thing at the end of the day. And yeah. in 2012, it was the men's turn, you know, to get that one win that gave hope to, you know, <laughs> to get to to get, you know, gave hope to the to the to the future of GB, you know, and okay, we can, we can actually pull off a win. And even though we were close with France, you know, we also did our thing and, you know, fighting head to head with them. And so it was just kind of like a battle for, for recognition, battle for funding, battle for everything, you know, we're all, we're going through this together. And, um, it's kind of easy for the spectator just to, you know, poo poo on, even though you didn't, let's, I'm not saying you, no, 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 I wouldn't, man. I wouldn't, you know, like just to say, oh, the men aren't doing well, all the women aren't doing well. It's not easy, man. Like, it's not, (laughs) it's not easy. Like really look deeper than what you're just saying, like than surface level, like why, you know, why are these, the issues, you know? Um, Yeah. And a lot of it stems to, you know, lack of funding, lack of support. And this is quite unfortunate um, because it just plays a big role in who we're able to get and how we're able to perform. Yeah. So in terms of the future for GB women, um, I personally see, you know, a bright future. We have a lot of talent coming up, young talent. Yep. uh, I I see, you know, on Instagram, like, all these people on Hoops Fix, I think, or She Hoops UK or something. Yeah. I'm like, these all these girls are from the UK. Like, damn, when are they coming? Like, when are they coming up? This is yeah. amazing. This uh, this talent I'm seeing here is clutch, and I would, I hope I'm still playing. Uh, well, but when the time comes for them to come and play in the senior women's level, um, because that would be just dope to be able to play with that um that kind of talent. So. No, I am very, I'm very optimistic for for the future of the the women's uh, team in terms of the talent. Now, in terms of funding, that's another issue, and that determines a lot. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. No, I, th- I think that's fair. I think uh, I agree, man. I think you know you've got a lot of young young female players um, coming through the system. You know, you've got uh, like Holly Winterburn. You know, who's I think she just transferred up from Oregon. You've got um, Kyla Nelson. You've got, you know, you've got a lot of young, young and up and coming yeah. talents. Um, so yeah, I do, I do think, I do think the 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 women's future is bright. I think the men's future is bright as well. I just think with the with the women's game, if you compare the two, I think the pathways a bit better yeah, at the minute no, for women. Sure. You know, you've got, I think there's more opportunities in the WBBL for young yeah. players than there is in the BBL for for young players. I think you can be, you know, 17, 18, 19. You see, you'll see a lot more 17, 18, 19 year olds getting that opportunity in the WBBL um, when Gosh. they're relatively young, um, before they mm-hmm. go on to, say, America or to go pro. Whereas I don't think the BBL, the sort of junior to BBL pathway is is quite where it needs to be. And like, uh, if you look at other countries, you know, you see. I remember um, when I was younger, we went to, went to Germany and played against um, Alba, Alba Berlin, and you know uh, they had they had players in their, they had players in their sort of under nineteen team that were training with the, with the men's team before they were about to play in the Euro Cup. Do you see what I'm saying? So uh, they had that yeah. they have that pathway where it's like if you're young, you can stay at the club, and get your experience playing. You know what I mean, in one of the highest levels in Europe, 
play sort of you know your age group and develop like that and i think whilst okay the wbbl you don't get the opportunity to play in europe you know that still invaluable experience of playing up when you're young i think it does yeah. wonders for for a lot of players no absolutely absolutely mm. I, I completely agree with that and you know i don't actually know the ins outs of the english system um the uk system um but you know i don't want to poo on it but i've heard it's, it's <laughs> Obviously, just when you compare it to the states, it's just not. It's not uh, no. up for sure. But no. um, I'm just. I hope. I hope it can grow from strength to strength for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I can, you know, possibly play a part in, you know, its future in some way. Maybe um, if I'm if that's supposed to be my path. But um, you know, I'm just excited to see how it's going to grow in the next years. You know. Yeah. Um, no. No. It's very true, man. I and I agree sort of staying on basketball but a little bit off you did a, a recent campaign with um sports direct right but how did that come about and uh talk about a bit about that um i think uh, was, uh eric botang from gb he put my name forward um he's not a gb player anymore but he's yep. on the board or something i think yeah uh some board and he put my name forward, and I just they ended up contacting me. Um, this uh, agency that was working for Sports Direct, and so I was like, "Hell yeah, let's do it!" Um, but I'm in Italy at the moment, so I don't know what you're thinking, but uh, I'm I'm going to be in Italy. So if you can come and shoot me here, that'll be great. And they could. They came to Italy and they shot me there. Mm. I, when I was in the UK, we did a photo shoot there, um, and it just really worked out fantastically. You know, I was I had some time off for basketball for some reason, or I made time off, um, and it just coincided with that time, and it was just <laughs> a fantastic experience. And I'm, I'm definitely gonna make more time off for things like that because it just this is right up my alley. Yeah, and like. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's important like for like I think it's really good that you you know you're able to like collaborate with like a massive a massive brand, you know, essentially. Right. Um, and it's one of the things like I've always said with basketball in England, you know, the there's so many things, you know, you could point to that that needs improving, but I think one thing that sticks out to me is I feel like basketball in Britain doesn't have enough personality and doesn't have enough branding from the players. Yeah. And I think, I think campaigns like that are the sort of things we need more British players, basketball players. Essentially, obviously, the opportunities are depend on the business, the the massive corporations. But I think a lot more we need a lot more like our big name players, or um, whether that's internationals or players in you know in the pro leagues, is being you know in those sort of campaigns. Because I think, I think again like i said like the lack of i think there's a lack of sort of personality in british basketball where like if you look at like say other major sports like whether it's the the nba or the premiership or whatever you know you see you'll see like raheem sterling on the front of a i don't know uh, an ad for a company or you'll see you know whoever whomever you know what i mean and i think no. that exposure i think it does a it does a massive it does a massive favor for the athlete's the personal brand. 
Mm-hmm. And in amongst that comes, you know, further opportunities. You grow your brand, you grow your, you, people get to know you a bit through your ads, you know. Oh, right. that's that's Temi from the Sports Direct ad. Do you know what, I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? And it grows your brand. And right. obviously what comes with having a big brand, more money. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like whether that's directly or whether that's people investing in you as a as a brand and as a rather than just investing as you as you know just a, a player on a basketball team. Do, do you right. see where I'm coming from? Oh, for sure. And and it uh, most importantly, it grows the game. You exactly. Know? It grows the expo. It gives it so much exposure. Mm-hmm. And who's that basketball player? Oh, she played basketball. Oh, I, I'm gonna play. I'm, I'm gonna look into basketball. You know. You know. It yeah. just puts us on the map even further, which is yeah crucial at this point um and i just wish someone would take the initiative and i don't know it's strange because even when i you know we did such a great job at eurobasket you would think there would be you know options you know of of endorsement or something like that yeah you know the angle um for for the team for individual players but there was nothing yeah. Nothing. I had to go out of my way to reach out to different companies I was interested in and be like, hey, we're both, you know, you're a British company, I'm a British athlete, would you like to collab? And everyone, they were all on board, but it was just like, why do I have to do this? Yeah, and I, and I think that's the unfortunate position, I guess, basketball is in, not just women, the men's as well. It's like, yeah. at this point where the sport's, you know what I mean, not, I wouldn't say small, but not, you know what I mean, relatively small. You know, it right. it might take the athletes, you know, to reach out to companies and maybe hiring maybe a marketing manager or someone who, right. or someone like that and just sort of yeah. market them. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I think sure. it will take this, if this sort of crop or like generation of, of athletes who are, you know what I mean, are doing big things in within the sport, if they can sort of start the train and then, you know, the next generation that come up they just kind of, do you know what I mean? They're doing it for the next generation and the next generation. Before you know it, you've got British basketball players on the face of campaigns for massive companies. Do you know what I mean? It becomes a regular thing. And yeah. that's the thing. We're in a generation, we're in a an age where like people fall in love with people. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a, my, me and my sister always talk about this all the time. There's a reason why, you know, Cardi B is one of the biggest superstars in the world. Right. In that In that world, because she's personable. People feel like they know her. They see her exactly. everywhere. Do you know what I mean? They see her doing Pepsi ads and, and stuff. Too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and I think British basketball needs to sort of come out of its shell. I think, and that's sure. kind of one of the reasons why I did this podcast. Is like I want all, I, all most of my friends are basketball players, and we are one of the we are some of the funniest, craziest, coolest people. You know what I mean? You'll ever meet in your life, and I want platforms like mine to sort of showcase that. Do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. No. Yeah. I, that effort for sure and i think this is a great step in in achieving that for sure you know like even me i'm feeling way more comfortable speaking on here than any other uh, interview i've done you know it's more free i'm able to be nigerian i'm able to be an athlete (laughs) no i'm able to be me yeah and you know i hope people can see this and enjoy it as well Mm. um so yeah props to you for 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 starting this oh thank you yeah, making no. me blush yeah. <laughs> you know you don't blush you know you can't see I know. <laughs> I, I played myself <laughs> um, but yeah J- 
just uh, yeah. finally to round up, plans post-playing. Um, have you thought about what you want to do with that when you finish playing basketball? Yeah, no, for, for, for sure. I mean, you actually spoke about a marketing manager just before, and I'm actually looking for one now, so let's just put a little plug out there. <laughs> um, oh, for real, no, I'm looking for like a... I've had different opportunities, but none have been kind of like right, you know? And, yeah. And it's someone who's got a good mind um and to just like let's get this ball rolling like let's find different opportunities and be creative um and that's actually right up my alley what i want to do uh in terms of after basketball even during basketball um i'm interested in modeling i've done some some photo shoots here and there you know just for my own uh portfolio and to to put it out there and to see if there's interest i'm interested in acting um i just kind of want to just put myself out there in the, in the entertainment industry, in the entertainment world, and just see what I can do, you know, in order to create and to tell tell stories and in order just to, you know, be a life, a different life out there. I'm a 6'4 black woman. You don't see many, if any, <laughs> people mm-hmm. like me in the acting industry, you know, and so mm-hmm. that would be a fantastic thing to tap into if I can. Um, but I'm also running a business right now so i'm juggling a few things um but for sure the creative side of me in the entertainment industry is, is a big thing for me you know my i have brothers in the entertainment industry yep yep it's, uh, shout out to them dapsy doo who is uh what's it called music ah, music video director yeah and my actor brother ot uh my other musician brother Rockwell, wow, we've got a few. And my producer brother Luti as well. Doing big things. Shout out to you guys. Yeah, man. Family family for the winners, man. Like No, for real, man. For real. But yeah, um But yeah. Yeah, I gave you a little snippet of what I'm interested in. So hopefully we'll see how the future holds, you know, what the future holds. We shall and and I'm sure you'll be successful whatever you do, man, because throughout this interview, you know, you've ser- you've shown like the mentality you have, you know, right. it's taken you where you to where you've got to, to today, and it will continue to take you further. I think. For sure, and I think that's such a huge thing is the mentality. Like, I don't know how the youth are today. I hope the British youth aren't, you know, as similar to the American youth I saw. You know, even back at USC, where I, you know I was basically playing as a, a PG. You know, someone I was a grad student playing in basketball, and you know, a lot of them were just we felt really entitled to things, you know, and it's just mm. like, dude, you have to work hard for this, man. What are you doing? Like, what, like, where's your fight? Where's your drive? Where's your passion? And so I hope, you know, British youth at least are able to, to understand that this is what is needed to succeed in the next level. You know, you can't be mediocre. You have to be better than what you thought was your best. And you just have to keep keep it pushing and work hard every day. I know it's, it's, it's a cliche, work hard, work hard. Well, you really got to do it. You got to put in the work. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. And it's funny that you should say that because me and um, Kofi spoke about that. And the thing we both sort of experienced from being in America was that the difference, the main difference between, I think, America and here is America, you're sort of bred to be a dog, like to be a, yeah. to be a superstar and like to be the best yeah. in the room. And I think Absolutely. that mentality... That mentality, I always say it, that mentality, I think, equates to scholarships to, you know, some players, you know. Oh, yeah. Some players may not have the skills, they may not be the most skilled, they may not be the best, but mm. their mentality and their willingness to be great t- 
takes them yeah. far. And it takes them further yes. than their skills do. And I think that's one thing. I always say this to any British player that tells me they want to play in America. I said, it's a dogfight out there. And if you ain't got bark, f- stay here. Because you could yeah. be the best shooter in England. You could be the best ball handler. Before. You could, But if you ain't got that dog in you, you're going to go to America and you're going to get eaten alive by players half as talented as you just because Absolutely. they want it more. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is what I've been trying to tell my brother. Yeah. No, you've got to be hungry for this, man. Hungry. Especially as a man. It's a different game in the man's, in the man's uh, arena, you know? Like, yeah. they've been playing for much longer than us women and they have, you know, there's more fight there. Like, there's more competition. The women are getting there slowly, slowly as, you know, as competition increases, but men have been there like this is their territory you know mm. and so for you now to just come in little british boy come in and you think you can just <laughs> party with the men no it's not gonna be easy at all like you won't even be able to get through the door like you gotta be you have to bring something different that the americans maybe don't have or something you know and it's just hard it doesn't sound like you can do it because it really is hard you know so mm. you just gotta you gotta bring something different man as yeah. a British person yeah no 100% yeah, but yeah I uh, appreciate you coming on have you got any uh, social media that you want to plug or anything you're doing that you want to plug yeah I mean yeah this was this podcast will be on social media but you know my name's Temi Fagbenle so you know I know you may not be able to spell the last name but you can do it figure it out <laughs> at Temi Fagbenle <laughs> at Temi for Instagram um i'll be a bit more uh what's it called on twitter nowadays so it's at temi fagbenle on twitter and just temi fagbenle for facebook but yeah just check me out if you're so inclined all right temi uh thanks again for coming on and uh i wish you all the best in your uh, you, your season stay safe uh don't Thank go out you. unless you need to <laughs> Absolutely not, don't worry. <laughs> you too, stay safe.